Welcome to the Connect Church Podcast. This is episode number 79. I am your host, the Honorable Bishop Reverend Dr. Coach Sensei Tanner Stahl. On this week's podcast, we'll visit with our friend and missionary partner, Doug Rogers. We'll do our Sunday recap and the best and the worst, maybe some dumb questions. Let's get to it. Here we go. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to our Good Morning uh, panel here. It's Tuesday, May 30th, I think. Sure. May 30th. I got Terry here. I got Holly and Andrew here. Taylor is on vacation, so we do not have our shut up button today. And I don't trust any any of you with our shut up button, so you don't get the shut up button. Be quiet! What did I do? (laughs) You're you're new. You're new. What did I do? You haven't earned the privilege yet. (laughs) Taylor's not here. I didn't even notice. Wow. That's exactly right. You haven't earned the privilege to tell me to shut up yet. (laughs) I'm I'm still working on it. Yeah, that's true. All right. So, well, we're going to get into our podcast here. We're glad that y'all are here. Let's get into our Sunday recap. It was Memorial Day weekend. How did it go, Sunday for everybody, y'all. Don't all speak at once. <laughs> well, my act like we've never done this before. The worship was great. <laughs> the worship was good. I it was good. Credit to the band and uh, everybody was the into singers. it. They were they did they were the audience was into it as well. So yeah, they you were. S- you had three band members and forty seven instruments playing. That was impressive. <laughs> How did we do that? Thank I you, multi tracks. <laughs> right. that, you know what? That's a good pause. Let's segue. This this podcast is sponsored by multitracks.com. <laughs> Maybe I can get a sponsorship deal out of that. Let's so, go. That's right. I don't even know what Multitracks is. So it's it, it, Multitracks is a worship resource that literally just changed the way I started uh, viewing, approaching, putting to practice our worship style. And this all happened back in 2019. It was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have still Greek to me. I, I don't know. So yeah. I, I just it makes it's music good. good. Okay. Gooder. It's good. <laughs> good stuff tanner's good it makes it gooder did, did you have any kids in the kids department holly so, yeah we had a bunch of kids but it was good they were they listened and they did what they were told <laughs> i mean that's better, better, that's better than my group yeah. <laughs> it was it was good yeah subjects that everybody ignores we talked about heaven and hell and about death uh, on memorial day how cool was that ironic that it worked we out, didn't it? worked out very well to be in uh, Luke chapter 16 and so we told the story of the rich man and Lazarus and so and what is the definition for Lazarus name anybody get that God provided close enough God has helped God yes. has helped yes. God has yeah. helped yes yeah. that's, that's right. what it means in Hebrew yeah, yeah. and so we I don't speak Hebrew sorry so, yeah so. <laughs> You speak Arkansanian. Kind of. Um, so we just talked about uh, the story of the parable, and we uh, warned everybody, you got to be careful. Uh, one of our church members had sent me a podcast about a guy who had went into this story, and he had developed his whole theory about heaven and hell off this story. But it's a parable, and there are some certain truths that we could bring out of it that were probably accurate as far as uh, determining our destiny. Uh, but um, it was meant as... Uh, emphasis on three things that we shared with them, everybody on Sunday. First of all, uh, the, the takeaway was is the right view of eternity changes the way we live here. And what Jesus was going for is he was reminding them of, you know, the certain, the certainality that both the rich and the poor, the religious and the non-religious will die. 
and uh, nobody's escaped that. And so uh, it's okay to have that discussion, and we need to get back to the place that where we uh, – their culture, we, we did a little bit of deep dive into Jewish culture uh, because that was important to understand what Jesus, why Jesus was saying this, is that they had religious leaders like the Sadducees who did not even believe that there was an afterlife, and then nobody discussed it. It was just part of, you know, they just didn't really, the Old Testament doesn't discuss afterlife. And so I hope that was an interesting fact that people probably didn't know about, you know, when, where, uh, where why Jesus was bringing this up, because they just, this was all new to them, and they'd never really heard that. And and then the ironic twist of, you know, the man that was a beggar all of his life, but believed in God uh, and, and followed God, wound up in Abraham's bosom, who was the great patriarch of the Pharisees, and the great religious Pharisee did not. And so it was uh, just reminding us that, that right view of eternity changes how we live here i knew it was sorry i'm yeah no I'm you're on, good i'm gonna chase a rabbit trail and yes this is, you probably have no I, I could, I could watch your here. face and i knew you were coming in with that <laughs> so you know i was putting in your sermon and everything and the word bosom yes. <laughs> how did i know <laughs> yeah, like, it just shouldn't be spelled that way like it doesn't no, well, you know, and i knew it was right you had it uh, right and i knew uh, it was but i had to google it just in case to make sure that i'm Putting it, put spelling it correctly yeah. for the screens well, because when I misspell a word, tr- believe me, I, uh, everybody oh, yeah. tells me. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I was, yeah. I was looking it up. Don't Google the word bosom. <laughs> <laughs> Just safety tip. Okay? Was this the bad joke of the day? <laughs> <laughs> Just don't do it. Don't do it. Anyways, so it, Holly, you want to add anything here? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Lord have mercy, we're sorry. Yeah. We need to put a parental advisory rating on this that, one. No, that is yeah. a legit point. <laughs> Don't wonder how to spell the word bosom and look it up. Like, I, it I just, knew the wheels were turning in his eyes. I had no idea it would go there. But anyway, so it was... Sadly, uh, yeah, I knew yeah. exactly where Tanner was going. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, you, <laughs> Let's get into our best and the worst of the week. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Wait, 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 wait. Which was it? This is the worst. Simply. All right, Andrew, hit us with your best of the week. Uh, my best and the worst was the same, so I'll do it all together. The best was me and Ashlyn got to go to Charleston, South Carolina for just three days. Honestly, it's one of the probably my new favorite places like in America. It was amazing. Is it like Bowling Green? Is it hilly? <laughs> it wasn't because it's on the coast, and it's even prettier if you can believe it. But um, some of the best food I've ever had. It was amazing. Um, just getting to walk around, see all the history there in Charleston and stuff. It was the ultimate. I said, no kid, but adult only getaway. It was amazing. We loved it. But my worst was, is um, apparently there was a hurricane that, or a semi-hurricane, tropical system, that developed in the Atlantic that never fully became a hurricane and was making landfall some wind the day before we left. It was 53 degrees with a wind chill of 41 I packed nothing but yeah. t-shirts and shorts. The the when we left cuz I'm a planner, I also like weather and stuff like that. When we, I left Wednesday morning, the forecast said it was going to be 71. It said it was going to be cloudy and rainy and they windy. It said 71 and never got above 53 degrees the day before we left. And so when you drive over the bridges, I'm so serious. There was like so many wrecks in Charleston because they were cars were literally thrown against the wall. Like it was, it was wild, y'all. Like it was dangerous. We didn't get thrown against the wall, but we were very chilly. <laughs> so that was my worst. How is it fifty degree, forty degrees at the very end of May in South Carolina on the beach? That sucks. Yeah, that's tough. 
Couldn't have to a better guy, though, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I just sat and ate my feelings with a, I got a flight of grits. Amen. Man, was, it was amazing. So we ate our feelings, and it was fine. <laughs> was your bosom war, warm or cold? My bosom was uh, warmed up with grits. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, Holly, what's your best of the week? Uh, let's see. My best of the week, um, we just had a good week. Yesterday, me and Will, like, just went to the park and walked around, and then we went to the arcade. It was fun. Um, an arcade? Yeah, at the mall. At the mall. Oh, time okay. out. What? Yes, time out was used to be yeah. the name of it. Yes. I don't know what it's called now. That's so sad. <laughs> um, but, uh, and then the worst. So, it's about my, I bring up my cat a lot. It's usually the worst. But he started this new thing. Where's the stop button? <laughs> <laughs> no, she said the worst. He we is the worst. Okay, okay, I'm good. He Let's started go. this new thing where he like will come out. He's like, we shut the bedroom door at night. And he meows all night long and scratches the door and will not stop. Oh, and man. even if you let him in, he won't like come in and sleep. He'll like terrorize you. <sighs> and so I'm like, what do we do? Like, we can't sleep because there's a cat meowing. It's like, you know. A baby that won't go to sleep or something won't stop crying. Do they make cat uh, muzzles for cats? I don't know. I'm gonna have to look into this. <laughs> I don't know. Get get a dog kennel, and then get rid of the cat. <laughs> <laughs> That's my best advice. <laughs> and get a dog instead. <laughs> so, true story. All we you, you know you know the book Brown Bear Brown Bear. Yeah. Oh yes. Okay. So oh. we're going through Brown Bear, and you get through the Red Bird and the Yellow, yellow Duck, Duck and the Green mm-hmm. Frog mm-hmm. and the oh, White. Yeah. yeah, all that. Mm-hmm. I get to the Purple Cat, and I kid you not. Samuel like smacks the book like yes. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, That's awesome. Way I don't to know go, if Sam. it's purple or if it's the cat, but he always hits the book when I get to the purple cat. So. That's well, definitely. I like cat. Sam. All right, what's your best and the worst, Terry? Mine. Uh, I'll start off with the worst. We'll piggyback on the pets. Is that while uh, Andrew and Ashlyn was off uh, freezing their bosoms? Is that uh, <laughs> we we were uh, we we had the grandkids and so we had you know that that was you know obviously fun and all those good things. They were well behaved, did well and. And uh, we got to go outside, and we hooked up a uh, kiddie pool at the bottom of our new slide and swing set. And so they were sliding off of this high deck into the water. And so they had their own little miniature water slide. And so it was it was so good. But we had the dog. And so the worst was is literally uh, I hate being in my own home that I paid for, and I can't go out a door without a stupid dog. And when um, Missy, Missy, and so. So yesterday, every time I would walk outside and Belen's trying to, you know, be outside, relax, just lay out and all that, I would open the door and go, Missy, get back in. Missy, get back in. And there was no dog there. And it was awesome. And so she was like, shut up. But that was... Uh, that, that dog was, literally sits there and does nothing. Oh, my gosh. Like, she does nothing. That was the most minor inconvenience ever. First world problems. <laughs> I like my dog. Oh, was, that was your worst? That was my worst. What yes. was your best? Did I miss it? The grandkids. Oh, the grandkids. Okay, yes, yeah. Yes. So, all right. So my best... Uh, is uh, my best and worst are sports related this week. Um, a little bit of irony here. I saw a tweet yesterday, I think it was, and it said the 76ers are trading, uh, are, are replacing the doc with a nurse. Yes. So, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. that was a pretty good headline. Nurse yeah, is going so to be I, the head coach. Click the link, and it was the. Doc uh, Rivers was the old coach. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they fired Doc Rivers. And hired I know who Doc first. Rivers okay, is. Sorry. <laughs> it's just pretty ironic that that's how that is. That is. That is that I never out. thought about that. And here's a stat for you, Brother Terry. Yes. Uh, Joel Embiid will be the first player to win the MVP and start the next season on the same team with a new coach since the Lakers' Magic Johnson in 1991. What, from uh, Paul Westhead to, to Pat Riley? Yep. This according to uh, Woj, senior NBA insider. Yeah. 
at ESPN. And I knew both of those coaches. Isn't that cool? So that yeah. was impressive. That's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Well, you were an 80s kid, so you know, <laughs> you should have been paying attention there. My worst uh, is uh, a high school baseball story, okay? And I, I'm not going to do it justice, but y- you need to go to John Boy uh, Media on YouTube and, and search uh, High School Baseball Championship. It'll come up. Palmac High School in New York wins the state championship over Hornell 6-5 to five in the most bizarre ending you'll ever see. Hornell was up 5-4, to four, okay? Palmac was down to their last strike with one runner on base, and uh, the catcher dropped strike three, right? So you have to throw down to first to complete yeah, the out. Yeah. Why that's a rule, I don't know. Yeah. I've never understood that rule. That right, I agree. I, I agree. don't get it. I agree. But that's the rule. And always has been. Always has. Everybody knows it, so yeah. you got to throw down there. Well, the ump called strike three. The catcher dropped the ball, or he didn't actually complete the catch on the pitch, yeah. but he called strike three. And the whole team just starts celebrating. They're going nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The batter takes off the first because he knows what to do. Yeah. The runner on base scores. The batter goes all the way around and scores Shut to win up. the game. The only people that realized that something was not right was the second baseman on the team. You, If you go watch the video, you see him going, where's the ball? Where's the ball? Somebody get the ball. And there's a guy in the bleachers going, there's two out. There's only two outs. And the team is just going nuts. So they went from winning the championship 5-4 oh, to losing the championship 6-5 six six to five. Five on that play. Oh. And the umpire's just like, what do you want me to do? Yeah. Like, I can't do anything about it. It was hilarious. Heartbreaking and funny at the that's same time. That's horrible. So that's yeah. my worst is oh, the uh, the Hornell, whatever they're called, up in New York, the state baseball team. Anyways, all right, that's our best of the worst of the week. We are going to get into a little bit of missions here on the podcast. We are. I had ready. a joke. Okay. Can I, can I tell my joke today? Or are we gonna Go do? ahead, tell your joke. Right. <laughs> then we'll get into our interview. All right. Um, I just found out this week that I'm colorblind. Oh. Okay. The news came out of the purple instead of the blue. Oh, that was not very good. <laughs> well, I, I, I got one more. I got one more. I didn't get that at all. I did not get that at all. See the blue and purple. I couldn't tell which I thought, one it was. My first thought was like, what, did you read the newspaper? Like, what, I don't. It was all in black and white. Like, where is this going? Yeah, I don't know. Belen asked me the other day. Who still reads a newspaper? <laughs> this is 2023, old Look, geezer. Yeah. <laughs> my, Belen asked me the other day, where do I get so much candy from? I said, I always have a few twigs up my sleeves. <laughs> Holly, don't laugh. Holly's Holly, laughing. do not Holly laugh. Holly is just laughing at <laughs> that was better. That was better than the first one. Oh, I got one more. I got one more. Oh my goodness. Oh my <laughs> We're sorry. Where do pirates get their hooks? Where? Secondhand stores. I. All right, well, we're going to get into our uh, missions Please. interviews here. We have Doug Rogers, our missionary partner and friend who we uh, pray for and take trips with and stuff. He is going to tell us more about his ministry in Veracruz. So let's bring in Doug Rogers. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you. Good to be here, Tanner. Yeah, we're glad to have you, man. Uh, hopefully, we can, if this goes well, you know, we might make you a, a regular part of the show, like once a quarter or something, get you on the podcast and, and just give us updates and stuff like that. Um, so I know you. I'd be very honored well. to do that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I know you pretty well. Terry knows you very well. Um, but I'm afraid that some of our church members and our listening audience does not know you very well. So I just wanted to uh, bring you on the show uh, since we have a, a, a trip to Veracruz planned. 
for November. Those applications are out at the Welcome Center right now. If you want to pick one of those up and turn those back into me, we'd love to have you go to Veracruz with us to be with Doug Rogers. But anyways, I want you to just tell us a, a little bit about your story. Tell us how long you've been uh, serving as a full-time missionary and how God called you to that role. Absolutely. Um, and I'll give you the elevator pitch of this, but our story literally started in 73, 1973, when my dad and mom were in Detroit, Michigan. Both of them did not know Christ. And uh, through a series of circumstances, a church that was doing outreach to kids, they happened to take my brothers and sisters to church for a VBS. And that just started a whole series of events where both my dad and mom would come to know Christ. A year and a half after my dad received Christ, uh, he then felt the call to go to Mexico as a missionary. This was in 73. So raised the support and went to the city of Veracruz, Mexico, which is 760 miles south of the Texas border. If you just hug the coast, the Gulf Coast all the way around, which is where we'll be going in November. And, um, And so I was raised, literally born into a missionary family um and raised on the mission field uh since i was a newborn and then at the age of 17 i became very actively involved with my dad i was studying in the seminary but also teaching first-year students and then in 1999 um my wife and i we kind of i I like to say we re-met because her dad had been doing missionary work in guadalajara mexico and so we had had a crush on each other since we were real young and uh, when I was going into missions in 1999, God had called me into missions, and the very first church I preached at was her dad's church. Wow. And man, we re- reconnected. We were married that summer, and yeah, I went to Veracruz, Mexico as well. And in the period of 1999 to 2008, we were able to plant four churches. Um, we planted a church in uh, Jalapa, Veracruz, a church in Boca del Rio, Veracruz, a church in Saltillo, uh, Saltillo, Coahuila, and then a church in Coatepec, Veracruz as well. Wow. Um, and then in 08, through a series of circumstances, we would come back to the States and go on staff there at Peace Church in Wilson, North Carolina. Um, started a Spanish ministry there, worked as discipleship pastor, did some outreach. And then in 2013, we re-entered, after the death of my father, we re-entered back into missions and was sent out and this august will be our 10th year anniversary uh that we launched indigenous church planting so that's kind of our story wow that is awesome and uh so tell me about a little bit about your family your immediate family i know you got some kids and some grandkids now right i do i do um we have three kids joshua is 22 he's married he's been uh, a year and a half married and we have a grandbaby who in August will be a year old. And then we have Jocelyn. She graduated high school this year. She will be 18 in August. And then Benjamin, um, he was actually born in Saltillo, Mexico. Wow. Um, he is 15 years old. And um, so we have three kids and then Jane and myself and a grandbaby. So we're excited about that. That's awesome. That's awesome. So how's how's the work going down there in Veracruz right now? I know most of the time, not most of the time, but some of the time you're, uh, you know, living in Texas stateside, and then you're uh, in Veracruz a lot. So how what's going on down there right now? We did um, when we were deciding to go back into missions. We knew it had to be done differently because of touch points. And what I mean by that, your traditional missionary will 
go to a mission field, the city, and stay there till he dies, right? Plant right. a church. Yeah. But we knew that God wanted us to do something global, which included seven Latin American countries that he put on our heart. And so um, we based out of Dallas, Texas, so we could fly resource, fly in and out. It's one of the cheapest places. We can use Houston Hobby Airport. We can use uh, Dallas Airport to be able to fly to any country. And Veracruz is where we first started some of the ministries in indigenous church planting. And things are going really well. We're seeing a tremendous uh, kind of a revival take place, especially after COVID. Things the the whole ministry went back to the houses, and we started doing house churches. But now that everybody's been coming out of the woodwork, we're starting to see that man, there were literally thousands of people who trusted Christ as their Savior, and man. now we have more locations we can that we need to open churches than we do people to open it. And so we're trying to play catch up and train people. But that area in Veracruz is really ripe for church plants. In fact, we're getting ready to plant two new churches in those surrounding areas right wow, now. Wow, that is, that is awesome. That is awesome. So um, so when you say you're looking for church planters, when you, are you looking for like, you know, church lay volunteers that may feel the call to missions to, you know, not uproot themselves, but, you know, to go serve for a while? Or are you looking for Mexican national uh, preachers or, or both? You know, what does that look like? You know, honestly, when we pray for laborers, we let God choose who they are. Yeah. Um, we are working right now with both. We're starting to do some training in the U.S. with American church planters as well. But the profile of our church planters in indigenous church planting in Latin America is normally a person who is bivocational. Um, for instance, of our 600 students we have throughout 28 uh training centers, they're lawyers, doctors, cab drivers, electricians, plumbers, nurses, doctors, who said, you know what, I have a skill set, I can work, I want to move to that area where y'all need a church and relocate with six families, and we're just going to plant a church. And so we spend a lot of our time training families that feel the call of God and say, you know, I don't know what that looks like, but I'm going to surrender and then kind of let God write the story. Um, And so we're really open when it comes to that, to say, God, we're praying for laborers. You yeah. tell us what it looks like. That, yeah. That's awesome. That is cool. Just re- everyday, regular people that, that want to everyday wanna people. serve. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's cool. Now, you have told me personally about um, some medical clinics that you do, because I know your wife is a um, like this high, really smart nurse lady, right? <laughs> yeah, my <laughs> wife is a – she is a, a nurse practitioner there and also is. an ND uh, naturopathic doctor. And so what she does is she opened LatMed International. We started seeing uh, that we needed something to be able to get people's attention in these villages we were trying to reach because they're staunch Catholic villages. And so we're thinking, what can we do? What can we do besides just go in and hand out candy, right? right. So we thought, well, you know what? What if we use, Jaina, your skill set and go in and just hold free clinics? Well, one of the biggest needs in Latin America is healthcare. And so Jaina oversees LatMed International, and what it is is we'll go in in an area that we want to plant a church, and we bring with us from the states or wherever they come from, nurses, nurse practitioners, PAs, doctors who want to donate their time, fly in with us, and hold the three-day clinic. Sometimes in those three-day clinics, Tanner, we'll see 500 people come out, and then we'll see probably 120, 150 people give their hearts to Christ. Amen. And so when we start that clinic, we don't just give people a cup of water 
in Jesus' name without telling them it's coming from Jesus, right? So, so what we do is we have a group of people with us that are going to be planning that church from one of the training centers. And during that clinic, they're meeting the people and they're counseling with the people who are getting saved. And then they continue discipleship, connect immediately, and we plan the church. So that's how that works. Wow. And we, and we have pushed that um, a little bit here at our church where it, we need nurses awesome. and Spanish speakers, not just nurses, but we need Spanish speakers to uh, volunteer to go, whether that be in November with us or uh, whether that be, you know, later February, March of, of next year to go on a, a tag team yeah. with the Peace Church. So we've, we've been pushing that as well. Um, and if I, can, if I can interject this, if there sure. is somebody who's a nurse practitioner or a nurse, and they don't speak Spanish, if they know somebody who speaks Spanish, an interpreter, and maybe even this interpreter isn't a follower of Christ, and this might be a way to get them to stop following Christ, right? Yeah. So they can invite them to come with them and be responsible for them to come. And as long as they bring an interpreter, man, we can use them. That's awesome. That's uh, What a great thought. Uh, they're going to be giving the gospel, and they may not even know the gospel yet. So <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. That's awesome. Uh, all right, now, r- real quick, one thing, and we'll wrap this up here on the, sh- on the podcast. But uh, tell me about um, the opportunity that you've talked to me about, but tell our listening audience about the maybe hosting a clinic here at our church and what that might look like. Absolutely. Um, listen, I think all of us watch the news and we're not strangers to what's happening in our country, which is actually a great blessing when it comes to sharing the gospel. And I understand there's all kinds of thoughts from all different sides of the aisle. I myself have my uh, points of view on it and you do as well. But the, the bottom line is when people come, it is still our responsibility to reach them with the gospel. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to find churches in areas where there is a Latino concentration or a Latino uh, concentrated group and be able to offer a free clinic. So what does that look like there at Connect Church? Um, on a Saturday, we would hold a all-day clinic where we use nurses and PAs, NPs from your area. And, uh, and yeah, we invite people to come in and we have a group of Spanish-speaking uh, people there that can share the gospel with every person that comes to the clinic. And it's just a way for the church to get involved and really love their community into a relationship with Christ. If there's people that can cut hair, if there's people that can offer other services, we just love all over these people and demonstrate to them that, you know, we know you're feeling a lot of maybe rejection and stuff in, in, in some cases, rightfully so. Right. Sure. But we want you to know that connect church loves you. And we want you to feel connected, and we want you to hear the gospel, which is the greatest story ever told. Amen. That that is something that we are diligently working to uh, plan and organize here for Connect Church, and uh, we know that we're trying to bring Doug back to Tupelo probably August or September sometime, maybe before we leave down to Veracruz, so he can meet the team that is assembled, and we can come up with a plan and of what we want to accomplish down there and stuff like that. So how can the people yeah. get a hold of you um, if they want to reach out to you in some way, maybe give financially or, uh, you know, commit to being a prayer partner even or something like that? Absolutely. Um, my email is M-I-S-M-A-N-J-R. So it's Miss Man Jr. at Hotmail.com. And also um, on Facebook, Doug Rogers, uh, D-O-U-G, and then Rogers, R-O-G-E-R-S, 
we've kind of throttled back some of our presence on uh, social media just due to some threats we've been receiving and stuff like that. But also through the church, we can always uh, use some supporters that want to come on board. It's, we're trying to raise some more support. So if anybody would like to be a part of that, just reach out to us and I can send you the information on that. But we just appreciate everything Connect Church is doing uh, for our ministry. And we feel such a partnership. It's not just a pay and pray thing, right? Yeah. But it's uh, it's a partnership where we know you, we see you, and we appreciate you guys so much, Tanner. I just can't thank you enough. That's awesome. Let me pray for you real quick and your ministries, and then we'll, we'll get you out of here. All right. God, we love you so much, and we thank you for Doug, and we thank you for uh, his family and their commitment to you and, and um, seeing your work accomplished, not only uh, in Texas and the United States or where they live, but in, in Mexico as well. God, such a, a wonderful uh, culture of people. Um, and it's amazing when you go down there, you have such expectations of what it's going to be like and what you hear from the news, and it's, it's not that at all. And uh, yes. you get to meet great people, and you get to meet uh, just people who are on fire for the Lord and want to see others come. And, God, so we thank you for Doug and his passion and his uh, willingness to give his life to serve you down in Mexico, God. Um, God. We pray for indigenous church planning, God, that you will continue to pour out your blessings on that organization, uh, not only through prayer but finances as well, God. We know uh, it is what it is. We need, we need money to do things, God, and we, we pray your continued Amen. blessings over, uh, over indigenous church planning, God. Be with our upcoming trip. Um, as we plan and prepare to go to Veracruz again to see Doug and see all these our, our, our old friends that we met down there and to do work. We want to see your will accomplished, and we want to be just a small part of that, God. So we pray your blessings over all that. Uh, we give all this to you in your name, I pray. Amen. 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 Tanner, let me make a quick plug before you stop the podcast. Sure. If anybody in your church, if they can draw with kids, if they can face paint, yeah. if they can do balloon figures, if they can sweep, if they can paint, if they can do anything with their hands, we can use them on this trip in November. That's right. And so just whatever your skill set is, whatever it is, before you get to Veracruz, you will already have an assigned job that you'll be doing. So you, you'll be fully aware and we can use you. So I just wanted to put that plug in there so the people of the church can know that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Doug, for coming on the show today, man. We appreciate your time and uh, we look forward to seeing you uh, later this year, man. Thank you, Tanner, so much. I appreciate you. And that was our interview with Doug Rogers. We hope you enjoyed that. Terry, tell us a fun Doug Rogers uh, memory from one of your past trips with Doug. Yes. Um, the only two times that I've ever gotten sick on mission trips was um, at Mexico and eating at Chili's. And so, uh, come How about, when it comes to mission trips, you get sick a lot. Oh, no. Yeah, because you forewent a whole trip to Buffalo because you got sick. Oh, that was beforehand, but right. that was that was that year. Like every time was, there's a mission trip around, he gets sick. All right, go ahead. Sorry, so, yeah, uh, <laughs> but I've never gotten sick in Cuba. I've never gotten That's sick true. with uh, all the That's food valid. and all that stuff, and so I've been there many times. And That's valid. but in um, Israel, Uruguay, all that stuff. But but Mexico, there's something about that chilies. It's always the first day. It's a great chili. It's a great chilies. <laughs> I know, but but I always get. Uh, let's just say I have to go to the bathroom a lot, and so um, my favorite part is Doug. He has uh, he knows how to get this medicine that 
It just, yep. I mean, it's within 12 hours, buddy, This yeah. and it's miracle. And I carry it with me everywhere I travel now because it is a, it is a stopgap measure. <laughs> it's one of those medicines you need to have. You need to have. And it's, put it, it in your fanny pack. You can't get it here in the States, but you can get it in Mexico. Right. And you just go into the drugstore. And so that's one of my favorite. And then my other one is is that uh, he's just so short, so I always tell short jokes. every. Uh, so, and the Mexican people love it. But yeah. it really is sort of bad that I'm making short jokes in Mexico. So. That's right. Yeah, don't be doing that. All right, let's get into our dumb <laughs> questions, and we'll wrap up the podcast. What's the best of time? Oh, that ain't it. Which one is it? There it is. <laughs> um, it's the purple out of the blue. Yeah. There's no such thing as a stupid question. What a stupid question that is. You ask a lot of stupid questions. Can I ask a dumb question? Better than anyone I know. When a restaurant advertises a big burger, should it be thicker or wider? Yes. Uh, I agree. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thicker or what? She don't eat burgers, do you? I do eat burgers. Oh, okay. Well, I, didn't know if they, I didn't know if they had she gluttony in them or not. Br- bread on burgers. Oh, okay. Did you just say gluttony? <laughs> gluttony, yeah. I don't say gluten. I'm, I'm not from they Canada. They have gluten-free buns. Uh-huh, they do. I don't, I don't know from Canada. I don't say gluten. I say gluttony. <laughs> All right. Uh, instead of saying, have a nice day. Can we normalize telling someone, hey, enjoy the next 24 hours? Yes or no, that's a little threatening. <laughs> did, did you just snort? I <laughs> <laughs> was way better than Terry's jokes. <laughs> I'm not even sure I understand the question, so that was a little deep for Instead me. Instead of saying, hey, have a nice day, say, hey, enjoy the next 24 hours. Why would you do that? I don't know. I'm more, this question. is this is not even a little bit Christ-like, but I'm I'm going to start saying have the day you deserve because if people are buttholes, <laughs> should I bleep that? <laughs> probably, probably. So, sorry, Paisley. Sorry, Darby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up the podcast for today. Shout out to all our regular listeners. Thank you out there for listening and coming back on a regular basis. We appreciate you. Text me your thoughts and questions that you may have for our podcast, 615-975-4466, and I'll read them on the show. Thank you for listening to the show today. Like, subscribe, share. Bye. Bye.